You're listening to the Flip Houses Like a Girl podcast, where we educate, empower, and celebrate everyday women who are facing their fears, juggling family and business, embracing their awesomeness, and wholeheartedly chasing their dream of flipping houses. Each episode delivers honest-to-goodness tools, tips, and strategies you can implement today to get closer to your first or next successful house flip. Here's your spiky-haired, breakfast-taco-loving host, house-flipping coach, Debbie DeBeery. Hey there. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I hope that whatever you're up to, whatever you're doing, you're having an easy day. Today, we'll be chatting with Linda, who's in Portland, Oregon, and she'll be taking us through her first flip experience. And... This is such a great episode for many reasons, and I know I say that all the time, but guess what? They are each really great episodes. So in this one, we'll hear about how she found the deal, how she financed the deal, some hippy-dippy woo-woo that went into it, and something that came up as she was renovating the property and listed it. So it kind of started happening while she was renovating. And then when she listed the property for sale, it was an issue. It was feedback she was getting about this specific thing that was affecting her property. And she had little to no control over it. So we're going to talk about that, how she handled it. We're going to talk about her buyer and the buyer's inspector and real estate agent and how Linda got mansplained. So that was fun. Um, We'll talk about so much more. All right. So sit tight and let's meet Linda. You're going to love her. She's a rock and roller. Awesome energy. Awesome vibe. Let's get into it. So first name and then any, any information you want to share with us about like your backstory and what brought you to this and yeah, why flipping houses? Okay. Well, I'm Linda and, uh, I live in Portland, Oregon. I've lived here for about 30 years and, um, I work in public health. Uh, didn't always work in public health. I was a bartender for a long time. And then I decided to go back to school. I thought healthcare was where it was at. And um, I still do have my day job with the health department. Um, And, you know, as inspiring as that is, Mm -hmm. I have always wanted to flip houses. I'm constantly just, you know, watching all those flipping shows and, you know, dating contractors. (laughs) Um, yeah. And just, you know, trying to figure out how can I do that someday? You know, how how can I do that someday? And, you know, I, uh, when the pandemic hit, I was fortunate enough to, um, be able to work from home. We did that transition and I still work from home, which I just, I love, I love it. Um, it works for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but it did enable me to have some extra time in the evenings because I wasn't commuting anymore. So I was like, you know, I want to maybe take some classes or something. And I don't even remember how this happened. What I do remember is that I was on Facebook and I think one of your ads just kind of popped up in my newsfeed. And Uh I was like, 
who is the flipstress? That sounds <laughs> kind of interesting. So I started listening to your podcast and I was like, oh, this is what I want to study. Like, this is what I, I want to take this class, you know? So awesome. I, I think I took my tax refund and paid for it. That's awesome. <laughs> so in February of 2021, I took your, uh, I purchased your course and um, I just devoured the modules. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really interesting. It was just stuff that I could really um, stay engaged with. Uh, You know, when I was in college, I mean, my eyes would bleed reading what I had to read, you know, but this was so much more fun and the modules were interactive and, you know, I, I learned better in that way where it's like a video and I can pause it and go back, you know, and listen to you again and be like, what did she just say? You know, I don't think I quite grasped that. And so just devoured the modules. And then I was like, I'm going to just start seeing if I can find, if I can actually, this is the way I thought about it. Can I manifest a property? Um, Cause I'm totally a meditator and I believe in like, you know, the law of attraction and stuff. So I was doing this meditation. That's all about the law of attraction. And, (laughs) and in the meditation, it's a guided meditation. The guy's like, picture what you want, picture what you want. So I just kept saying, I need a property to flip. I need a property to flip. You know, that's what I want. And I would listen to it while I was exercising, you know, just multiple times a day. And I happened to be on, uh, what is it called? Next door, the next door app. Oh yeah. Are you with that? Yeah. And um, I just happened to see this lady's post where she was like, I really want to sell my house, but I don't want realtors involved. It's, it's a long story, but I please don't, I don't want any realtors to respond. Well, of course, 30 realtors have left their information. Oh, we take care of you, you know, just trying to encourage her. And I was like, she just said she didn't want to talk to realtors, you know? So I messaged her and I said, Hey, full transparency. Um, well, I said, I'm, I'm looking for a house to purchase directly from the seller full transparency. I'm looking for a house to flip. So, you know, um, and then I kind of gave her some reasons why, uh, a seller would go with somebody like me versus listing on the market. And so I gave her like some, you know, you wouldn't have to do any repairs. You wouldn't have to do any cleaning. Um, you know, you wouldn't have people traipsing through your house, except for me and my inspector and my contractor. And that's it. And, um, I also said that she could leave all of her stuff behind that she didn't want, which I later regretted. But um, <laughs> every time I offer that, I regret it, but I still offer it. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. And it actually was fine. It was just like, whoa, what did uh-huh. I get myself into? But uh-huh. she was receptive to that. And I also told her that I really try to work with uh, women owned mm-hmm. and minority owned businesses. Mm-hmm. And that resonated with her. So she, she let me come over and I checked out her house and yeah, I kind of just went down a (laughs) rabbit hole there, but um, that's kind of how it all just started happening. That's awesome. So I had no idea you found this on next door. I had no idea. That's so cool. Okay. I love that. And you just reached out. You're like, Hey, so this is what's up. And then you went over there and were there other investors? Was she talking to other investors? Do you even know? 
So I heard something later that um, an investor was interested in her property, but this was already after we were under contract. Mm -hmm. Um, But that other investor had told her that he wanted to tear down her property and she was not happy with that. She lived there for 25 years with her family and she was like, and she also, I just don't think she liked him as a person. So yeah, right. that helped. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you walk the property. Do you make an offer that day? Um, I went home and crunched the numbers. What I did was, you know, thanks for letting me come over. I really appreciate it. Um, I can't remember if my contractor went with me the first time or not. I think I just went over there by myself the first time to kind of introduce myself. And I was so nervous, but she was, and you know, this family was a little eccentric. I mean, they, they weren't very approachable. And I learned that all the neighbors around them had really bad interactions with them. Um, And I'm glad I learned that later or else I might've been too scared to approach her, but um, when I went over there, you know, I, their dog bit me, um, just a little nip on the foot, but it broke my, went through my shoe Oh and and her husband basically told me, well, you shouldn't have been walking there, you know? So I was like, Oh my goodness. And it was just a little dog, but still it bit me. So, and I'm a dog person. I love dogs. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, But yeah. So The first time I just said, you know, let me go home and, you know, see what I can come up with, you know, and so I kind of presented an offer to her just via email, like, this Mm -hmm. is how much I can pay. And this is why Mm -hmm. I'm, this is, you know, this is how much it's going to cost for my uh, renovations. This is how much it's going to cost for me to hold the property. And I really just told her all the numbers, you know, because I wanted her to just know how I arrived at that offer. Absolutely. Yeah. It's totally transparent. Like this is why this is, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she had given me a number that she wanted, but I was probably $20,000 less than that. Interesting. $25,000 less than what she wanted. What was her? Okay. So that was sent via email. What was her reaction? And what was it? it was it, did you have to wait a while or how did that be? How did that play out? So she said she really appreciated the breakdown. She was like, thank you for sharing your numbers with me. It does make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to think about it. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to consult my family attorney. I don't even know if she had one, but <laughs> you know, she, she wanted to consult some people first sure. and just figure out if it was cool. So it took her like two weeks to get back to me and I was sweating it. Oh, and also, you know, I was worried that um, she didn't have a place to move to yet. So I was like, I wonder how this is going to play out. Like, is she going to, um, be just ready to, you know, pull the trigger. Right. Or is she going to need some time to find a house? Right. What time of year was this? Like what month was this? This was, I initially contacted her in May. Okay. Okay. We didn't close till September. So this took quite a while. Wow. Okay. We had a, um, yeah, yeah. We had a contract that was a 45 day contract. Once she finally signed the contract with, um, you know, I said I would entertain continuing the contract if she wasn't able to close by then, 
Um, but that I'd have to do a, I'd have to reanalyze the market and see if my offer was still going to be the same. Yeah. Well, I think as it got towards, you know, towards the end of that, she was like, you know what, I don't want to risk this, you know, real estate investor upping the, or lowering the price on me. And, um, she just found herself a property kind of last minute. We closed right before the contract expired. And, um, <laughs> she moved out, um, okay. or she found a place to live. She didn't move out right away. We did a rent back for a few days, okay, which I was super uncomfortable with. Did she get out when she was supposed to? Actually, she got out a couple days early. Okay. And so I told her that I would give her the, you know, the rent, you know, I would split the, I'd give her a refund for the days that she wasn't nice. in there. And she let me keep it. She's wow. like, just keep it. She's wow. like, I feel, I feel bad for how messy my house is. This is kind of her deal. So I just kept the rent back and she wouldn't take a refund. And uh, mm-hmm. we got right to work. <laughs> okay. So did she leave a bunch of stuff? Oh, yeah. I don't even know what was in the attic. My contractor dealt with all that. Nope, so. Not going up there. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah. I did see a Bart Simpson poster like that was super, super old. And I just told one of the crew that he could keep that and see That's if it was awesome. worth anything. That's awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, I don't want to insult the folks that owned the house, but it was really trashed. Yeah. Well, really? you know, accumulation of what, 25 years, 20 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right. So you get in and you closed on it in September. Uh-huh. Okay. You get in and what was, wait, what was your purchase price? 295. Okay. 290 and, and 500. Oh. Yeah. Not 295, but uh-huh. 290, Interesting. Okay. And what was your initial renovation estimate budget before actually getting into it? <laughs> 50,000. Okay. And what happened when you actually got into it? Well, we started doing things and, um, you know, at first it was going okay. You know, we were on track, we were doing good, but it was moving a little slow. Um, but really you know, I liked my contractor so much that I just kind of didn't worry about that so much. Um, but I had a woman, I have a woman contractor that I just, I've become really good friends with and I, and I adore her and she's so smart and so good that, you know, there was, there was some personal things that happened with her and one of her crew members got sick. And so we got behind a little bit. Okay. Um, but then as we're demoing the bathroom, we discovered under the shower that it wasn't installed properly. So there had been water damage that got into all the floorboards underneath the bathroom, up the walls a little bit, and then into the adjacent laundry room. So that was a surprise. Yeah. Um, so that set us back a while because we had to remove all of that uh, rotted wood and replace it. And then we had to replace one of the piers underneath, I think is what you call it. Yep. Um, and you know, and that's when my contractor was like, okay, we're going to be above our, you know, we're going to be out of budget. I'll try to save money here and there. Let's see what we can do, but just be prepared that, you know, 
it's, we're probably going to go over budget a little bit. And I'm like, okay, cool. I've got that 2% buffer in there, you know, and I'm, you know, I've got my little running tabulation of it. I'm like, okay, here's my buffer. And as we used it, I was subtracting right. it's like, <laughs> to see how much was left. <laughs> <laughs> what um, was your initial um, timeline? Like how long did you think it would be before you got it back on the market? So my contractor said, you know, two months mm-hmm. for the reno. So I provided a four month timeline. Well, the reno ended up taking five months. Oh gosh. Okay. And from close to close, it was seven months. Okay. Wow. Gosh, it didn't seem that long. I mean, I'm sure it did to you. It didn't seem that long to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now that I look back at it, it, it seems everything that happened, it was all realistic. It wasn't any, you know, I'm glad that I had those buffers in place. And um, my contractor was really good about reusing some things on the property. Like we refurbished some of the cabinets that were there. Um, uh, we did put some custom cabinets in up above, but the lower cabinets we saved in the kitchen. Um, so there were things that we did that um, helped mitigate being super out of budget, but yeah. I did go over budget. <laughs> um, okay. Well, how, what was your, what did your budget end up being? It ended up being 56, six. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. No. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. Okay. So obviously the shower pan and all the rotten wood under that and all of that surprise was were there any other surprises like that, that you found when y'all got into things? You know, the roof, we, we knew we were going to have to replace the roof. Um, but we did have to replace a lot of the, I guess the wood, the sheets of wood underneath it too. Oh, got it. Uh-huh. Um, so, cause there was some leaking that happened. So there was some other water damage, um, from the roof. Okay. What else happened? <laughs> that water damage was the biggest surprise. And then when we replaced the, the porch, we, um, you know, the, the roof was kind of sagging over the porch because they didn't have support beams. Mm. So we ended up having to reinforce a whole new brand new kind of porch frame, frame out situation Oh, on the front. On the front. Uh-huh. It's so cute. It's a really cute house. Yeah, it turned out really good. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have had a little extra money for landscaping, but um, I hadn't planned on it because I was thinking I was going to be selling in the wintertime. Now, what was the main delay from the two month of estimated, two months of estimated renovation to five months? Was it you said she had something personal come up and then I think some of her crew got COVID. Was there um, anything else? Like it was actually mono. My crew, her crew got mono. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I think the, I mean, it did, I think things just take longer than you think, you know, mm-hmm. and in the future, you know, as I got to know my contractor, I'm like, Hey, you know, let's talk realistic timelines. You know, um, I, I, I was like, yeah, it would have been great if we could have done this in two months, but now that we're into it and we're doing a new roof and we're doing all this new stuff and we're doing a completely new bathroom and almost a completely new kitchen and all new flooring, like this stuff is going to take time and, you know, running into the things that we did, um, 
I told her that I had doubled the timeline, but I, you know, and she was like, yeah, we should be good to go with that. And so, um, I guess it took a month longer than the double, you know, got it. Um, Got it. But yeah, I mean, I just think that, uh, weather had a lot to do with it too. Like Oregon is really wet. Yeah. You're in Portland. I forgot. (laughs) You You guys get a little bit of rain. Yeah. It's really wet here. And so, you know, some of the exterior stuff had to wait. Um, the roof had to get done right away. We, we tried to knock that out right in the beginning before it got cold and, you know, rainy for the winter time. Um, so, you know, and then there were two outbuildings too, that we were working on as well. Um, we didn't do much on those. One of them got a new roof and then they just got cleaned up really well and painted. So that wasn't really a big deal, but, um, let me think. (laughs) What were they being positioned as like storage sheds or what were you, what were they being positioned as? Well, so there was a smaller one that looked like a potting shed. So, you know, that was kind of what we did with that Uh one. And then the larger one, they had built within the last few years. So it was pretty new. Okay. So, um, we just, that's a storage shed or I, I kind of wanted to make it like a, a meditation room slash yoga studio and put some windows in it and stuff like that. But we didn't have enough money to do that. So I was, I envisioned this really cool yoga staging, you know, with a yoga mat in there and a plant and like a Buddha or something. And, um, it's just an empty shed, but it's got <laughs> paint on it and whoever bought the house can do whatever she wants. Exactly. It. Exactly. They can do whatever you want. Um, okay. So when did you end up putting it on the market to sell? February 28th. And how did that go when you first put it on the market? How were you feeling? Let's talk about feelings. Oh, feelings. <laughs> I was stressed out. I was so stressed out because during the renovation period, um, our mayor had, I don't know what they call it, but he did an emergency like statute or something where he banned houseless folks from camping on busy streets and highways and freeways, like along the sides, because several folks had gotten hit by cars. So all of a sudden these folks are moving into the neighborhoods more. So, you know, and they, they obviously need a place to sleep. So, you know, it was really hard. It was really hard to watch like right at the end of the street, the activity just really increase tents popping up within, within eyesight of the property. And it was right across the street. It the property sits right across the street from this, um, city walkway bike pathway. Oh, cool. Thing, yeah. Um, that people use to commute downtown on their bikes and families use it to walk on. And it's very lush and uh, lots of greenery around it. Well, that was a really good campsite for folks. And so, you know, I was getting really nervous that the the value of my property was going to go down, that I was going to get stuck with the property or that I was going to have to move into it. I just wasn't comfortable with any of those scenarios. Yeah. So um, I reached out to a city service that comes out and engages with houseless folks and tries to get them services. Okay. 
it was really important to me that they didn't come in and sweep the camp out because I'm against that. I don't think that's humane. Um, so in my meditations, I was at that point meditating that these folks would find a better place to stay that was safer for them and everyone else involved. And so I was meditating on that and nothing was happening, but I was like, you know, this is all I can do. This is the best I can do because I'm not going to like call the cops on these folks unless they start vandalizing the property, which they did. Okay. Um, but anyway, so we had a couple a- attempted break-ins Okay. and I actually did not call the police. I just, we just fixed it. Uh, they tried, they bashed in the, the window in the bathroom Tried to get in through the bathroom. Oh man. Um, you know, and the house next door was vacant as well. So they were getting, um, a lot of break-in attempts there. And actually we were finding hypodermic needles all over the driveways and just, we were like, what are we going to do? You know? So is this right before you listed that you started seeing all of this or kind of it was kind of slowly developing through the, the course of the whole project. And so that was causing me a lot of stress. Oh, for sure. I can see that. Yeah. And, you know, and trying to do the right thing, Yeah, you know, um, mm. but also making my presence known. Mm-hmm. I checked on that property every single day mm-hmm. and I would be out on the front porch, just looking around, mm-hmm. spending some time, you know, and when the people broke the window, I stood on the front porch and I yelled, <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm here every day. <laughs> Do not break into my property, please. Thank you. <laughs> so um, anyway, it was just scary. I just yeah. was really worried. Um, but I guess at one point, the uh, an organization that helps houseless folks came out and helped them clean up their their area. I believe, and a bunch of tents came down and they moved elsewhere. Okay. Um, so it started to clean up a little bit, but there were still some campers within just, you know, the distance of maybe three or four houses away. Gosh. Um, so yeah, the feedback I got in the beginning was, wow, it sure is a gorgeous house. Too bad. It's not in a better neighborhood. Oh gosh. And I was like, oh no. Ah. Okay. So what, when you listed it, actually, when you first ran your numbers in May, what were you thinking you, your ARV would be? 450. Okay. When you list it in February of 2022, what did you list it at? 450. Okay. Awesome. Now, isn't it like, we can only control the things we can control, right? Mm-hmm. I kept telling myself that too. Oh, and when there's other stuff that's right there impacting you and your livelihood, it's like, and then you've got your your morality, right? And you're, and it's like, well, but I don't want to just put them in, in the system, right? Because maybe right. the cops aren't the right answer. But then right. they start breaking in, and then there's hypodermic needles. It's like, oh my gosh, that's all very stressful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that that would all be very stressful. And I'm glad that they were able, hopefully, hopefully some of them got 
the services they needed and then just get moved to somewhere else. Right. That's all we can ever hope for is that they're actually getting the help they need. Okay. So when you first put it on, there's still some activity there. Mm -hmm. And how long did it take for you to, well, first of all, let me ask this. Did, did that ever clear out completely? No. Okay. So how long did it take for you to get uh, an offer? I think it was about two or three weeks. Okay. So it, it, I was very happy when yep. I finally got um, an offer and I did get some realtors calling my realtor saying, Hey, will she take $10,000 less? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, yep. I just wanted to, I was like, you know what? We're short on inventory. Yep. I believe that we will hopefully see some progress cleaning up, you know, helping folks get into housing. Um, housing first is what I believe the answer is. We need to house these folks. Um, and, you know, just, I wanted to stick with my number because I knew that the house was worth that Good for and you. It was on, on a dead end street, you know, I very idyllic spot. I mean, I can see why folks wanted to camp there because it was really like being in the country, but you're not in the country. Like yeah. you literally just have greenery everywhere and there's this park across That's the street amazing. and it's gorgeous. And so I was like, you know, 450 is totally realistic. And I was kind of hoping that I would see some bidding wars, but, um, you know, and I was hoping to get maybe five, but, um, I didn't. <laughs> so, okay. I remember though, remind me to come back to how you financed everything. Okay. Okay. Because I want to ask that question. I should have asked that already, but I will. <laughs> I remember it coming back on the market. It went under contract and then came back on the market. Yeah, we actually, so <laughs> this is interesting. <laughs> So this is where, you know, we hear all these stories about, you know, mansplainers and, you know, men that don't take women seriously in this industry. Uh Um, I get under contract with this single, it's a single woman, um, newly divorced, ready to buy her, you know, a place for her and her son. And her realtor is a, a guy who was not nice at all. I mean, he was just, he was very um, verbally abusive to my realtor, who is a woman. Oh, so he, this guy was just awful. And um, he, he was second guessing everything. Um, and I think the way this, what poisoned him was the inspector. Oh the inspector, gosh. The man who who, when you read the inspection, I got to actually read it and he was inserting his opinion everywhere. Oh, yeah. That's not your job, sir. And using, using my, using my pronoun, like he's literally talking about me. Like she, it looks like she did this. It looks like she did that. Like, Oh, wow. But it looks like she did a bunch of work that required permits oh, and didn't God. get permits, which we didn't, we did not do that. Um, so that made so after reading it, it was like, wow, this guy is one of those good old boys that does not want women in the business. And he is just ripping apart this project that I'm very proud of. Yeah. That my general contractor is very proud of. Yeah. And she's a woman as well. Right. And he 
I just, we got the vibe that they just did not like the fact that two women pulled this off. Wow. You know, with Rose. I mean, we did have some guys working on the property too, but like, you know, my general contractor was managing it and she was doing a lot of the work herself. Yeah. And, you know, we were proud of the finished product. Yeah. So I think the um, realtor got a little taste of that in him. And then he, I think that he killed the deal at first with the buyer, you know, just saying, I don't know about this property, you know, doesn't look like he literally said, it does not look like the um, owner knows how to manage contractors. Wow. God and I was like, hey. wow, how, you don't even know me. Right? You, you don't know what we've. <laughs> what we've done, like you weren't here. And obviously you're not a contractor yourself because I can just tell one of the things I have to tell you this part, this is when we realized, wow, this, this inspector don't use this guy ever. She sent a message to the um, realtor who then sent a message to my realtor saying the shower doesn't even work. Like literally doesn't even come on. So the whole thing's going to have to be taken apart and redone. Oh, well, I just turned on that shower like the day before, you know, so it was just like one of those fancy spa shower heads didn't know how to with a toggle switch on it. He didn't know how to use it, use her, <laughs> you know, so I go over there and I took a video of it and I'm like, <laughs> I just, you know, turned I was like, see this toggle switch up here? And I turned it on and I turned the shower on and, and I just said, user error, (laughs) my realtor, send her realtor, but they still ended up backing out of the deal. Okay. Um, and I was just, that sucks, you know? Yeah. And me and my realtor were just like, you know what? It was that inspector. He just really poisoned everybody on this property. So there was a couple of things that came up in the inspection that we thought we'd take care of in the meantime. And then we would relist it um, within a week. So we didn't relist it yet. And right as we're about to get ready to do that, I got a message from my realtor. She's like, you'll never guess who's back. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> so the original buyer sent me an apology saying that she really did believe that we did a good job on the house Wow! that she is sorry that she backed out. She said, you know, I'm, this is the first decision I've made as a mm-hmm. single person in 21 years. And right. I just basically uh, got cold feet. Yeah. And well, and he, um, enabled that, right? Like he enabled the cold feet. He's like, oh yeah, you should totally have cold feet here. Yeah. Oh, so he also threw her under the bus. His apology to me was, Hey, sorry, we're back, you know, um, but the buyer knows now that she really messed things up on this one. Totally threw her under the bus. He is terrible. Was not lost on us. You know, we, we definitely felt for her at this point. So she was like, will you, will you accept an offer from me? She's like, will you even accept another offer from me? And I said, yes but with no contingencies Mm -hmm. and full price. Mm -hmm. And I want to close by the end of the month because, you know, we're going on over 30 days at this point. We were supposed to close in a few days. Originally, I said, I want to close by the end of the month. She agreed to it and everything happened and we closed on time. 
I remember now that that buyer came back. I remember you saying, yeah. and I was like, we, I can't wait to tell the story on the podcast. This is going to be a fun one. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. It was a roller coaster ride for sure. Yeah. Right. It is. It's how did you feel? Oh, okay. Let me go back. How did you finance the purchase and the renovations? I used hard money lender. Okay. Which uh, did a fix and flip loan. So the budget uh, was the rental budget was included in the loan. Awesome. Did you have to have any down payment or anything? When yes. You, okay. Yeah, I did have to have a 10% down payment and then obviously my holding costs. And um, I actually did have a private lender lined up, one of my dearest friends, which actually made me feel so much more confident knowing that that friend of mine believed in me enough to, to be my private money lender. Yeah. It made me nervous though. Cause I was like, Oh gosh, what if I screw up and you know, I have to hold her money longer and you know, all these like scary thoughts were coming in. Of course. Uh-huh. And, um, it turned out that I was actually waiting for some settlement funds for something from a long ass time ago. Wow. So, from a long time ago, like five years ago, showed up miraculously. Are you kidding me? Out of the blue. You had yeah. no idea. I Well, I knew it was coming, but I just, I thought I'd be waiting another year, you know, for wow. it. And then all of a sudden I got an email saying that um, my settlement was coming and I was able to, and it was just enough. It was like the exact amount. No. Of the down payment. This and the is holding hippy pot. dippy woo woo. I know. I know. Well, that's the meditation. I'm, I swear. <laughs> I swear to Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's trippy. I love it. I totally yeah. love it. Oh, yeah, it my gosh. Trippy. Because I was just like, please, universe, you know, I don't want to just, you know, I'm, I was having those limiting beliefs. Like, what if I fail? And then, you know, my friend, loses money or, or whatever. And, you know, I understand there's, there's promising note, promissory notes and things like that, that are in, in place and all that, but I just didn't want to put any kind of strain like that on our friendship, you know? Sure. So I went ahead and used that settlement for my down payment and holding. Costs. That's incredible. That's so cool. Okay. Now, when you, did you do uh, who chose like the design and then the finish out and all of that? Did you do that or did your contractor? You did. Okay. I did. That was my favorite part. Uh, so oh, good. My right? gosh. Yeah. That was my favorite part of the whole thing. You're super talented at it. Thank you. Yeah, the house um, is just so charming. Thank you. Um, I really enjoyed that part of it. I mean, I already knew that I wanted quartz countertops and things like that, but I had so much fun shopping for bathroom vanities and like, tile. And I was in Home Depot and Lowe's all the time. Like, oh, there, I'm going to go look at tile just, just for like an hour, you know, <laughs> while I think about it, you know, I've got some time tonight. I'm going to go look at tile, you know, and then I'd walk out with a big old cart full of tile and paint and stuff. And sounds about right. Yep. That was the stuff that I really enjoyed doing. Yeah. There, there was this one room originally that had a bunch of cedar shiplap mm-hmm. in it mm-hmm. that we tore down. Mm-hmm. But I said, can you be really careful when you tear that down? I feel like we could use that as a feature wall somewhere. And so we ended up 
using that cedar shiplap as a feature wall in the um, laundry room slash mudroom. Very cool. And uh, on the front side of the kitchen p- peninsula uh-huh. under the floor. Yeah. I'm remembering the pictures. So cool. uh-huh. Yeah. It turned out really cool. That's so, so I love it when, when I can take something that, that, that was there mm-hmm. and I can keep mm-hmm. it there. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's yeah. so great. All right. Now, when you went to put it on the market, since you did choose the design and the finish out, were you nervous at all about what people would think or were you like, totally nailed this? I was actually pretty proud of it. I was super stoked to share the photos with people, to be honest. I I thought the photographer did a great job. It photographed really, really well. And I was like, you know what? I just want to, you know, I'm proud of this. I'm proud of it. And you know what? Whatever happens, happens. But we did it, you know, and high fives all around. Let's see what happens. And yeah, I was pretty proud of it. The only thing that I would have done different is probably um, made the yard look a little nicer, but I just, it was kind of winter time, not quite spring. And I just didn't know what to do with that piece. Yeah. (laughs) I mowed the lawn. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, Okay. So you bought it for Mm $290,500, put about $56,600 into the renovations. Obviously Mm -hmm. you had some closing and carrying costs. You sold it for $450. What did your profit end up being? My profit ended up being $44,000. That's pretty awesome. Just under 10%. That's pretty on a, on seven months. Like mm. that's pretty awesome, sister. That's fantastic. I'm pretty stoked about it. <laughs> what was your, what, like, well, how did you feel when, obviously it, it's exciting when you get the offer. It's exciting when you go under contract after closing, like, were you like, I did that. Like it did. I, I did that. What were you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, well, so I had COVID the week of the signing. Oh (laughs) my gosh. Um, It was just so weird. I got COVID right at the end there. And I was like, how am I going to go to the signing? You know, what am I going to do? And they weren't doing DocuSign at this point. Like, I don't know. So I literally like had to practically put a hazmat suit on and go over there. And I sat in the car and they brought out the documents to me in the car and then stepped away <laughs> eat, and watched me sign everything from weird time. I know it was so weird. And I'm glad I wasn't like, I mean, I was sick, but I just dosed up on Dayquil and went <laughs> over there and had cough drops because I didn't want to cough or anything. Yeah. Um, gloves. We all had gloves on, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but once it funded. I just, when it funded, I, I felt this physical, just lifting Mm -hmm. off of me. Mm -hmm. And then it was just pure joy that I actually did it. And that, um, the universe was like, yeah, Linda, you're, you can do this. You're allowed to do this. This is your calling like this or one of your callings. I mean, this is, it's my thing. I, I love it. I loved I loved the roller coaster ride. Like, yeah, it was right. stressful, yeah. but like, I really loved kind of being presented with a problem and figuring it out and yes. solving it. Yes. And 
I also really loved that I could, I haven't brought this up yet, but being able to go into the Facebook group and be like, oh my gosh, have you guys ever been in this situation? Or what do you do when this happens? Ah, I'm freaking out, you know? And then to just have people say, oh, you know, that's happened to me before, or this is how we handled that or whatever. And it was just so um, priceless to have that group there and, and everyone's support and just having them all be women as well and just empowering each other was super helpful. I mean, I really can't imagine, you know, being able to do it without that. Awesome. You did it. We're stoked. You did it. You know, everybody has their own journey and it's just so, it's so fun and rewarding and inspiring to see you do the thing and see you prove to yourself that you can. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I love that you said that the universe is allowing you to do this, right? Like you have permission to do this and that it, that's it. Ah, I'm so happy for you. What's up. What's up now. Are you, are you in another flip right now? Or are you looking or what are you doing right now? I just made a verbal offer on it's, it's actually on the RMLS. Um, so I'm actually waiting to hear back on that one. I mean, I'm trying to manifest it, but you know, if it happens, then it was meant to be, if it doesn't, I'll just keep looking. I don't, I don't stress about, like, I don't feel like I've lost when I don't get the house that I want. Yes. I just feel like, okay, that wasn't the house for me then that yes. wasn't meant to be. Um, there's going to be a better one around the corner. Well, so. I think that, I think that's because you have an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset. I think when people get so hung up on that one didn't work out and, oh my gosh, I can't believe it didn't work out. Or when they, they're under contract on a house and they do their due, due diligence and they discover like the numbers have changed dramatically, right? Like the renovation budget is way this, and this is this. And now based on the numbers, this is not a good deal and uh-huh. back out, right? Like that's, that's a gift that you get to back out. And some people get so bent out of shape on it. And it's like, no, thank goodness you were, <laughs> you, you discovered that now before getting yeah, you're allowed to walk away. You're yes. allowed to switch gears and pivot. Yeah. yeah, go. And there there's plenty, there's plenty of opportunity. It, you will absolutely find something else. There's plenty of opportunity, but I think it is like a scarcity versus abundance thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing them everywhere. So I'm just like, ah, which house do I want? Uh-huh. I want them all. Were there any other weird things about your first flip or any other uh, lessons learned or anything you would have done differently that we haven't already touched on? Yes. <laughs> I, I need to, one of the things I learned is that um, the neighborhood does matter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, finding I mean, I know Portland very well. I've lived in, in different areas of Portland. I know Portland very well. And I know which neighborhoods that I feel comfortable in. Um, and to be honest, I wouldn't want to live in this mm. house that mm. I just flipped. I just, it's the thought of having to move into it myself gave me kind of a panic attack, just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought, you know what? The buyers are thinking that too. Mm-hmm. You know, thank goodness I found a buyer that really fell in love with the house and didn't mind the the situation around there. I'm guessing she works in social services, so she's not, you know, intimidated by that. Um, and so better neighborhoods. Okay. Um, that house required flood insurance too, because it was very close to a Creek. Got it. Um, no more flood insurance houses. I actually tried to get FEMA to, um, change the flood map because it does need to be changed. It's really outdated. Um, and I was in the process of that at closing. So I just kind of passed it off to the new buyer if, if she wants to continue that process, but I thought the flood insurance would deter people from buying the house. Cause it was a 10 out of 10 flood um, risk or whatever. So it had to have flood insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that. And then what was the other thing I was going to say? I think timeline, you know, don't give yourself time to do these projects, you know, even though, yeah, time is money. Time is money. We'll factor that in Yes, and give yourself enough time to do it. Yes. Because if you don't give yourself enough time to do it every day after that, you can't sleep. You're stressing because every day is costing you X amount of dollars. And if you didn't account for that in your original deal analysis, um, that's when you start losing money. Yes. Yes. Just give yourself the time. Yeah. 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 And I wanted to say something else. I don't hear a lot about this too uh, happening, but like I gave myself another stream of resources in case I needed it. I I was able to open up a business line of credit. Oh, nice. um, Just in case, you know. Who did you go through? Advantage Credit Union. They're my credit union. So I just walked in there one day and I'm like, hey, I just started this business. Do you think I qualify for a business line of credit? And they're like, well, we'll base it off of your, your day job or whatever. And so they did extend me a business line of credit, which wasn't very big, but I actually used some of it nice, so that I didn't have to use my own money for some of the, the last, the last couple mortgage payments I put on that business line of credit. But as soon as I closed and it funded, I paid it right back down to zero. Yes. So it's sitting there. They're already offering to double that line now that I've wow demonstrated that I can you know, use it and pay it off. Yeah. That's awesome. That's huge. Yeah. That's a huge tip. Yeah. I love my credit union. Mm-hmm. Credit unions are the way to go. Yep. I love those three tips. Anything else? Believe in yourself. Yes. <laughs> Believe in yourself. Don't let anyone else tell you, you can't do it. Seriously. Like I've been listening to people my whole life. Tell me, Oh, why are you doing that? Why are you, why would you try to be a musician? It's so competitive. Why would you try to do this? So competitive. It's like, quit smashing my dreams, people. So I, yes, a hundred percent. Yes. And that reminds me of, I volunteered for this um, organization many years ago and part of the training. And so it's kids, teenagers, Part of the training was uh, one of the lessons in the training was don't yuck their young. Oh, right. And I love it. So whatever they're like excited about, don't yuck it. Like, why are you yucking their yum? And that's exactly what people were doing to you. They were yucking your yum all over the place. They totally were. They totally were. (laughs) But now I've got some believers that used to yuck my yum. Now they're like, oh my gosh, we're so proud of you. (laughs) Imagine that. So, um, 
All right. I'm, we're, I'm sorry. I just looked at the clock. I had no idea that I went a little bit over. I'm, I apologize. I'll get um, back to my day job now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. It's, it's going to inspire others. And that's really yeah. cool for you to, to do that. Well, you inspired me and I just, I, I devour everything that you post that you put out there and it's been just everything. I appreciate that. I really do. It means so much to me. Thanks for hanging out with me. Really. It's, it means a lot to me. I appreciate you. Thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. I'll see you in the group. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye. The moral of the story, right? Believe in yourself, pivot when necessary, handle what comes your way, trust yourself, and everything will be okay, okay? It's just buying, renovating, and selling houses, okay? It doesn't have to be this big, scary thing that you psych yourself out of. It's just buying an old house, loving on it, putting it back on the market, for a buyer to create memories in. That's it. All right. And if you're sitting on the sidelines still, not doing the thing that you want to be doing with all these stories in your head, all the naysayers around you, I'm here to tell you we have women across the U.S. who are doing this thing successfully. All right. We show you how to do it. Not only that, we support you along the way. All right. So if you want step by step, if you want daily guidance and advice and feedback and help, that's what we do. We are super intentional about what we do. All right. So if you want to see if we're a fit, go to herfirstflip.com and schedule a call with us. All right. Until next time, go out there, flip houses like a girl, leave people and places better than you find them and make it a great day. Bye, y'all.